Want to get the edge with your Premier League betting predictions? Pinnacle have teamed up with InfoGoal to delve deeper into the data for all the Premier League matches each game week. You combine betting market data with InfoGoal's performance data to try and find Pinnacle customers' value in the odds. This is EPL Insights. The final week of EPL Insights before... I guess we kind of go on vacation. The World Cup break is just about upon us, but one more match day to dig into when it comes to Premier League action. Gareth Wheeler and Jake Osgathorpe with you as we are on a weekly basis until now. It's the final match week, match day 16 of the Premier League season thus far. And then we're on hiatus till the Christmas holiday. Doesn't that seem weird? How are you coping with this adjustment, which is going to be cast upon us, Jake? Um, not very well because I quite like the build-up to Christmas football in the Premier League. It's it is there's a lot going on, lots to talk about, and you know the World Cup it, being dropped in this particular position, it's just not hit home as much as it, it does in the summer. You know, in the summer you get a month leading time, you get all the the different debates, you get the friendlies and all sorts of stuff. Whereas this is just sort of oh, it's come out of nowhere, right? Okay, um, but no, it's. I'm going to be sad to see the Premier League leave us, but you know we've got a, a, a pretty big tournament to look forward to, and then we bounce back with Boxing Day fixtures for the Premier League. I mean, what a way to kick off the uh, second half of the season. So we will have a podcast, thankfully, before our Christmas break. Um, well, we don't have a Christmas break, but uh, we'll, we'll be able to ring in the new year and the Christmas holidays properly here on EPL Insights. We have all this data provided by InfoGoal as well, and I feel like we just need to file it away. If you still use a file cabinet, just keep it close, keep it nearby, because we'll be back with you uh, in shorthand. Match day 15, it was a week which I think was profitable for both you and I. I think that's fair to say, Jake. A week that it just jumped off the page. There was a number of games where, for me, there was value betting on the better team. And seemingly, it just worked out in my favor. The stars aligned, and it it all kind of worked out. Arsenal beating Chelsea, Liverpool beating Spurs, Leeds United, Brighton. They were all came through as winners on what turned into be a great match week 15 in the Premier League, for me at least. Yeah, you you did really well. Um, That tactic of yours worked perfectly the weekend. I was a little bit more cautious. I wasn't as gung-ho in terms of laying into all the, the teams I thought was better. Um, but, you know, we had Man City to win and both teams to score, which was a, a plus 149 winner. Uh, I was on the Arsenal train with you. I thought they were a little bit too big a price. Um, what else did we have? Both teams to score in the West Ham Crystal Palace game, which cashed nicely. Uh, we had a nice push as well, thanks to a 96-minute equaliser for Nottingham Forest that saved us a bit a bit of money. So, yeah, yeah it was a good weekend. It's profitable and um, that's all we can ask for, really. I think we were both on Newcastle as well, who absolutely destroyed Southampton and, and sent Ralph Harson Hootel packing. Yeah, uh, it's funny. I I had no skin in the game when it came to Forrest Brentford, but I did think of you. So well done there. I, I'm still not, it's still not going to touch Nottingham Forest. Spoiler alert to this week's picks uh, and <laughs> plays. Uh, Newcastle just keeps on going along. Newcastle now, shorter odds for a top four finish than Chelsea. We'll get into them. Is that fixtures coming up this week? Liverpool bouncing back uh, with an important victory. Uh, They've turned things around since falling to Leeds United at home. And Bournemouth blew another two-goal lead. I think Gary O'Neill has done a a great job. He's punched above his weight. This might be his last day, uh, last week in charge. But Bournemouth minus 200 to go down now. 
Southampton firing their manager, the state of Forest, Lopetegui coming in to join Wolves. Uh, that relegation futures market is really heating up. It is, yeah. It's, it's going to be very competitive for the, the second half of the season. And <laughs> I think that's where spending comes into, into play a little bit more. You know, in the January window, if teams have got a bit of extra cash compared to others, that might put them in good stead if they spend it wisely because generally that window is used to keep you uh, keep you afloat. And in this season of all seasons, there's actually more games after the new year than usual because of the World Cup break. So you've got even more chance uh, to, to rack up a few more points with a few extra players. Uh, how does the World Cup break affect things? Because essentially there's only one or two fixtures and the January window opens. And you're right. It could be a real reward um, for teams that are active. Also, seeing the, the state, the fitness, the shape of players coming out of the World Cup, not only the players that are playing, Jake, it's very weird that there's going to be players without playing competitive football for weeks on end as well. Uh, how does this play into the way that you read the market or what could happen in terms of the future markets as well? Yeah, I, I think it's fascinating from an injury perspective um, because I think play, teams like Liverpool, with all the injuries they currently have in the team up and down, uh, it should benefit them. It should mean that they can get back to full fitness. Um, players that aren't there at the World Cup will be able to get used to new systems, new managers. You know, think of Chelsea and Graham Potter. The amount of players that they'll have at the uh, won't have at the World Cup, it should give him a real opportunity to to work with them um, and really get them down to to what he wants. So um, it is going to be interesting. I think that the break it, it can be maybe a hindrance for for other players like maybe Erling Haaland, who's in a real rhythm right now in terms of just playing and scoring goals. He's going to be without kicking a football competitively for for, for four weeks. Uh, but yeah, I, I think the the main thing it's going to change is just the the squashed calendar uh, when we come back because not only have we had it at the start of the season in leading into the World Cup, we're going to have it at the back end of the season as well. I think as I was reading that Manchester United, given that they didn't finish top of their Europa League group, go into an extra playoff round, they've obviously drawn Barcelona. There's nowhere in the schedule that they, they can play those matches. That they've got no midweeks free between now and the end of the season because of all the potential Carabao Cup, FA Cup games that's going on. So, um, yeah, that that kind of thing's gonna be really interesting. And then again, the, the the big squad should really come to the the forefront, and the lack of European football, which should really help Newcastle. Yeah, um, if Liverpool get healthy, that's perhaps why outside of. Arsenal and Man City, they are the odds-on to finish top four. Minus 149 for a futures play. United plus 120. Spurs plus 132. Newcastle plus 151. And Chelsea plus 226 for the top four futures market on Pinnacle.com. And more important than anything else, this is a chance for the red side of North London, Arsenal, to potentially go into the World Cup break. Top of the table. Let that sink in. And we're still not there quite yet. They need to get through this weekend first. So let's kick on with it and get into this weekend's games. As per usual, five feature matches, and we'll go rapid fire style for the final five as well. Let's start off this final match day weekend before the World Cup break. At the Etihad, Manchester City facing Brentford. City coming off a 2-1 win over Fulham. Cancelo saw red card in the 26th minute, yet they still outplayed Fulham. It was a shambolic performance, to be honest with you, from Fulham. Just not enough bravery up, up a man in that game. Uh, City, a superior XG, 2.37 to just 0.9 in that game. Uh, Alvarez with Holland uh, carrying a little bit of a knock. They're being cautious with him despite him coming on and scoring the match-winning penalty. He scored in three straight games in all competitions. 
City are a perfect 7-0-0 at home. And in the Premier League, 29-7 goals for to goals against. In this game, Cancelo suspended. Kyle Walker remains out, although he's being included in Gareth Southgate's World Cup squad. Kelvin Phillips is back. Had a cameo midweek against Chelsea in the Carabao Cup. Look for him to potentially play a little bit more on the weekend. Brentford, 11th in the table, coming off that 2-2 draw at Forest. The 90-plus-6 uh, equalizer by Forest in that game robbed them of the full three points. Again, they played without Ivan Tony, but Tony is back this weekend. Um they lost in the cup in penalties as well to lowly Gillingham. But of course, rotation was the theme of the week in the Carabao Cup. Brentford have the seventh best expected goals in the Premier League. No wins away from home in seven tries, but they do have four draws. Head-to-head City won their last four, haven't lost in their last six to Brentford. Uh, a 2-0 victory at home for City last season over the Bees and a 1-0 win away. City, you know, no surprise, minus 668 for a home win, plus 821 for a draw, plus 1898 for an away win, the total set at three and a half. City cruising into the break, getting healthy. I I guess not at the right time. They're just getting healthy. Uh, What do you make of this (laughs) game, City and Brentford? Um, It's going to be a bit of a rinse and repeat for me. Uh, Last week, obviously, with... um, City hosts in Fulham. We went for both teams to score. We actually went for a City win and both teams to score to boost the odds. I'm going to do the same thing again. Um, I think there's, there's some real value there in, in just backing both teams to hit the back of the net. It's, you know, the City have got a frightening attack. They've got a frightening attacking process, you know, averaging over nearly 2.5 expected goals for per game. But they have conceded in 57% of the home matches this season, um, despite being flawless and winning all of them. Um, and Brentford, you know, we've spoken about them a lot in the terms of, if they're at home, we might back them. If they're away, we don't go near them. Um, and we are almost always oppose them. So for me, like I can't see anything other than a Manchester City win. But, you know, the Brentford, they, they've results haven't been good. Like I said, a winless away from home. But they've scored in 71% of their away matches this season, which is pretty good to say you've not got a victory under your belt. Um, and, you know, 1.4 expected goals for per game. It's a good process when travelling. So, you know, like I said with the Fulham game, it's almost a free hit for these kind of teams to go to the Etihad. They're not expected to win. They're not, you know, the Fulham, Brentford, those kind of teams, they're not going there in Burnley-esque fashion and parking the bus and just accepting a 2-0 defeat. They go there and have a, have a go. And, and I think the way in which City have approached this season has changed from last season. They are more attack-minded. They're going for the kill rather than sort of being conservative, getting to 1-2-0 and two nil lead and controlling the game. They're more looking for a 3-1, 4-1, that kind of result. So I think that plays into the hand of the both teams to score. And, and I think the price at plus 110 just looks too big for me. And, and I know you're going to rinse and repeat as well. Uh, maybe a little bit of a variation here this okay. uh, this week. I mean, City's a team, just based on trends, betting first half over the total has come in and cashed every single home game that they played this season. It carried on last week, courtesy of that uh, Andreas Pereira penalty went over the one and a half goal total. That is still available at minus 110 for this game. I'm going to change it up based on how I think the game model will play. I think City's just going to want to wrap this up and wrap this up early. And then he can take off players like De Bruyne, Foden, Rodri, players that are going to be going off playing into the World Cup. I'm going to go City, a first half win at a full goal. So it's a minus one at minus 107. 
Uh, so City to win the first half by a goal at minus 107. If they're up a goal at halftime, uh, you get your money back. If they, if they go up 2-0, which I actually think could happen in this game, and go on and, and take that by more than a goal, then it is a winner. So the only reason why I'm going with that over the total, minus 107, minus, minus 110, um, it's just a little bit of a difference. And if you're going to give me a little bit more juice, even if, even if it's just a drop here or there, I will take it. So that's going to be my play for this one. Yeah, it makes sense. If, if, if you're expecting a couple of goals before half time, the chances are that two of them are going to be for Manchester City, aren't they? Rather than one apiece like it was last week. Um, but yeah, uh, no complaints here. I, I think we're, we've, we're onto something in terms of City and the way in which they're defending has not been as solid as last season, a little bit more gettable. Um, but yeah, like you said, the trends are frightening. They just come out of the block so fast this season that um, it, it means that their opponents out of the game before it even starts. The, the first half play is being so good from City, even against Fulham. I mean, going down to man, they were still phenomenal. So those are our plays there. Uh, let's move on to Anfield is eighth place Liverpool face 18th place Southampton. And a new manager in Nathan Jones at the helm. Liverpool 2-1 <clears> win at Spurs last week. Uh, didn't have the better XG, however. 2.01 for Spurs, 1.46 for Liverpool. Mo Salah at a brace. Uh, he has scored goals in four straight and has five goals in his last four games. Three wins straight in all competitions for Liverpool as well since their loss to Leeds. They had the best XG uh, in the Premier League. And James Milner uh, could return this weekend for Liverpool. Southampton battered against Newcastle. Uh, it was a 4-1 loss. The XG, a little bit closer though, 1.54 to 1.24. And Southampton, over their last handful of games, have been more competitive in the XG battle. But one win in their last nine games cost Ralph Hasenhutl his job. Nathan Jones come in, comes in. Has done a wonderful job with Luton Town, currently sitting ninth in the championship. We're a playoff side last season. Um, two wins away from home on this season, five losses for Southampton. No clean sheets in their last four. Have gone under the two and a half goal total, total in five of six. And both teams have scored, however, in five of seven. Head to head, Liverpool, three straight wins. And they've gone over the total in games against Southampton in six of the last eight. Here's what's critical critical to point out. Southampton at Anfield is an absolute nightmare in recent history. Recent results, 4-0, 2-0, 4-0, 3-0, 3-0, all in Liverpool's favor at Anfield against Southampton, dating back to 2017. Liverpool minus 371 uh, for the win, and the total is set at 3.5. What do you make of this new manager? But is it going to be the same old story for Southampton? Um, I mean, it's not the easiest of games to come into, is it? <laughs> at Anfield. Um, I rate Nathan Jones as a manager. I think he's he's done a really good job at Luton. Um, made them more than the sum of the parts to get into the playoffs year on year. Um, and yeah, their, their underlying process has always been one of the best in the championship in the top six. So he's a guy that that um, is more than capable of turning the ship around at Southampton. Uh, yeah, it's just a really difficult game for him to start off with. I, I think he'll be looking forward to I think he probably would have wished that they'd have appointed him after the game so he had a full month to work with the team before getting potentially uh, hammered by that, Liverpool. See, Lopetegui is much smarter than that. Yeah, is, is, is waiting till after the international <laughs> break to join Wolves. So that's what a veteran, that's what an experienced manager does there, Jake. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I guess he's not really got too much of an excuse. Not traveling far, is he? Um, no. But, um, but yeah, I, I, for me, it's just a no bet in this game. Um, Liverpool. I did the same last week. I just I, personally, I just haven't been able to nail them down yet um, in terms of what you're going to get on a game today basis. You know, they were shocking at Nottingham Forest, really poor at home to Leeds, but they were fantastic against Napoli, arguably the best team in Europe right now, or the most informed team at least. And then they were good at Spurs. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm finding it really difficult to to sort of put my finger on what we're going to get weekly. Um, creating chances, we know, has not been a problem. They're still racking up a load of good chances over 2.2 expected goals for per game this season. That actually increases to 2.5 when they play at home. Uh, but defensively, they just they remain absolutely shocking. You know, if you, the last eight matches in the Premier League, they've allowed over two expected goals against per game, which is just unbelievable to think of from uh, this Liverpool team. And at home, the last four matches have averaged 1.88 expected goals against per game. So they're still shipping loads of chances. Um, and, you know, that should provide Southampton with some confidence. But, I mean, they were really bad against Newcastle. Uh, won one of the last nine. Over that nine-game stretch, you've ranked 19th in terms of expected goals for per game, 13th in terms of expected goals against per game, 18th on expected points per game. So... Jones has got a massive job on his hands to turn things around um, and yeah while I think Liverpool will win I haven't got as much confidence to to get them on side even with a handicap so it's just a no bet for me no bet for me as well um, we'll see what this Liverpool side looks like whether attentions are being cast to the World Cup for some of these players um, we'll see I mean Firmino was left out Salah obviously not playing so there's still enough in that side where this is kind of it. Southampton, Southampton, I'm still bullish on the Saints. I don't think they're going down. I do like the appointment of this manager. I think they're better than what they've been showing. They're just a young side that's prone to errors and mistakes and inconsistency. But on their day, I think they have some real talent in that team. It just needs to come together with the right voice leading it. So it's a no bet for me in this one. I'm not sure what Nathan Jones, what this means, him coming into the team this weekend. I remember Ralph Hassenhudel crying when Southampton beat Liverpool. What was that two years ago <laughs> at St. Mary's? Yeah. Uh, per perhaps this is where they pour one out for their former manager and pull off a shock result this weekend. But I'm not willing to go there for either side. So I'm just staying away from this one as well. Yeah, let's move on to the next game. See, we've got a bet on that one. Well, this one is the match of the weekend. I cannot wait for this because is there a side in better form right now in the Premier League than Newcastle? Third place in the table. They're on 27 points. They've lost just one game. Chelsea reeling seventh in the table. They're making the trip north in what could be just in what is going to be a, a defining game for Chelsea in terms of the direction they go and the mood and the tone and the tenor heading into the World Cup break. Newcastle, 4-1 victory over Southampton. Elmer Ron, another game, another goal, 6-7. and seven. He's eight goals, tied for fourth most uh, in the Premier League. The Paraguayan sensation is just flying right now. Newcastle, in fact, have scored four more goals in four of their last seven games. They're third in XG, uh, five wins, no losses in their last 10. They've been the first to score in the first half winner in four of their last five. They've won four straight games at home. Uh, Callum Wilson's sick, but now that he's part of the World Cup squad, he's probably feeling pretty good about his chances. Expect him to return this weekend for Newcastle as well. Chelsea, yuck. A 1-0 loss at Arsenal at home last weekend and a point three zero xg in that game 
They lost three in a row, uh, four, three out of four overall, I should say. Um, it just hasn't been good enough. 14th in XG, ninth in expected goals against. That's a stat that you don't don't expect to, um, to hear when it comes to Chelsea. 3.1 expected goal differential. That's only 11th best according to info goal in the premier league, no clean sheets in their last six. Do I need to continue? Oh, and add to it. Ben Chilwell is now out through injury as well. Head to head. However, Chelsea's won their last four against Newcastle and they haven't conceded a goal over that span. The under two and a half is, is, uh, has played in five of six Chelsea, the first to score in seven of eight Newcastle won one nil at St. James's park back in January, 2020. So there are reference points for a home win for Newcastle over Chelsea, but history suggests the blues just get the better of the baggie. So, I I mean, what do you make of this? Like Chelsea, Newcastle, one's in form, one's reeling. Does Chelsea rise up and mount a challenge here? It's plus two thirteen for a way for an away win plus 139 for a home Newcastle win and the total set at two and a half. Give me plus 139 for a Newcastle win all day long. That looks a big number for me right now. Um, I'll get onto the stats in a second, but to put it simply, if you've got Newcastle and Chelsea, you read out all the recent stats, the wins and loss columns, etc. If you swap the team names around, you wouldn't be getting plus 139 off the back of those stats. You'd be getting a lot shorter. Maybe, maybe you know, plus 100, you might even be into minus. Um, and then I'll get, and now I'll go into the, the details, underlying numbers, which are just frightening from both teams' perspective, really. Um, you know, Newcastle, they look good on the eye test, but they rank fourth on expected goals for per game this season, third on expected goals against per game. So, you know, you, you've seen a little trend already. Third on expected goal difference per game, which is the kind of overall metric in in terms of supremacy on a game-to-game basis. Uh, And fourth on expected points per game. So they are, across the board on the major metrics, performing like a top-four team. Add this to the fact that they've only lost twice in 21 home games under Eddie Howe. Um, Those matches coming against Manchester City and Liverpool last season, when both were obviously on winning runs, gunning for the title. Um, And, you know... Facing Newcastle, this Newcastle, this version of this team at St. James's Park is a really daunting task. Chelsea, they're shell-shocked at the moment. Their underlying numbers are shocking. So, you know, you might have to take, to hold on to something here because these figures under Graham Potter are really, really bad. Um, 17th on expected goals for per game under Graham Potter. That's the fourth worst in the league since his arrival. 12th for expected goals against per game which is obviously bottom half, 15th for expected goal difference per game and 16th for expected points per game. So you've got a team that's performing like a top half team at home against a team that's performing like a potential relegation candidate away from home. And and like I said, the only reason that we're still getting this figure for Newcastle to win this match is because of the team names. If this was anyone other than Chelsea, Newcastle would be very close to that even money mark, that, that plus 100 um, so yeah, I, I just can't say it's probably going to be my best bet of the week. This back in Newcastle because I think this is a really good opportunity, and you know, yeah, there's a lot. Those numbers might paint a really damning picture for Graham Potter, um, but I think he does need a little bit of a little bit more time. You know, it, it's the same issue that Tuchel had. Arguably, their two best players or the two most creative players are Reese James and Ben Chilwell, and they've been out injured for long, long periods of time for both managers. Um, my argument to that would be change your system. 
<laughs> don't be reliant on playing a back five with wing backs. If you've not got any wing backs available, try and change something. Um, but you know, they're, they're either way, if they play as fullbacks or wing backs, they are key creative forces for this Chelsea team. And um, yeah, I, I've not liked what I've seen from them there. The they've they've actually conceded over two expected goals in three of the last five Premier League games, which is not what you need to be doing um, when you're going to face a Newcastle team who are averaging nearly 2.6 expected goals for per game at home. So, yeah, all the underlying numbers point towards a Newcastle win. The eye test points towards a Newcastle win. Um, and I guess just the, the feeling around both clubs points to a Newcastle win. Um, you know, everyone's buzzing at Newcastle. Everyone's on a high. They're playing as a team. Um, and, and Chelsea are probably doing the opposite. By the way, biggest England snub... Dan Byrne being left out, literally biggest because he, he's just one he's massive huge, yeah. human being. Uh, his influence cannot be understated for Newcastle. You wonder what's going wrong with Chelsea. It goes beyond James and, and now Chilwell and Golo Conte. And we have some World Cup podcasts coming up as well. Like th- this France midfield is going to be a lot different than the side that played um, and won the World Cup in 2018. I get everything that you say and I don't want to make it seem like I'm going against my own methodology last week, but I'm kind of going against it because I agree with you. Newcastle is a better side. The numbers bear it, but there's part of me that's like a draw here would be a decent result. It, it would be a decent result for Newcastle. It would. And Chelsea for me are in such a desperate state right now. They simply can't afford to lose. I think a draw right now, limp into the World Cup break, it makes sense. I'm looking at the handicap of plus 0.25. So if it's a draw, it's a half win for Chelsea. I'm te- tempted to make that play at minus 114. Chelsea's been abysmal, but they're better than they've been performing. And despite the numbers, what Newcastle are showing, I don't think they're as good as what they're showing. Do I think they're capable of finishing top four? Yes, do I think that Chelsea's capable of finishing top four? Perhaps they still need to convince me. I, I just think that this Chelsea side has more skin in the game, more at stake this weekend, just making their level of importance to come away with something just a little bit higher. Newcastle's been flying. If it, if they draw this home match, would anyone bat an eye? Look, I'm going away from everything I believe and following the numbers here. This is more kind of about gut or perception or what it means. I just think that Chelsea cannot afford to lose this game. It would be an unmitigated disaster heading into the World Cup break. Yeah, they can't afford to lose it, but they will lose it um, (laughs) because they're inferior. I think that they are this moment in time. They They are behind what Newcastle are doing and all those figures I read out from Newcastle perspective, like that they've not played an easy schedule. You know, they've been to Anfield, nope. they've been to Old Trafford, they've been to Spurs, they've played City at home. They've not had a cakewalk. Um, and yeah, I, I just think that the I think the prices are too big. I really do. I think yep. the, the, there's one, you know, there's, there's probably one a week that you just look at and you go, well, that looks wrong. Uh, and this is that for me. It, it should be shorter. I just think um, for whatever reason, it doesn't seem like the players are buying into what Potter's doing at Chelsea. And and to your point, I don't think that Graham Potter is a defensive coach. I don't think he'll, he'll I don't think he'll go there set up to get a draw. I don't think that's in his makeup. I think he, he goes everywhere to try and uh, control the match and win the match. Um, and I think they'll find it really difficult. And then you throw into the mix that Alan Maximum's fit again. He got he got some more minutes in midweek. 
he's a bit of a wild card because we've not seen him in this current Newcastle setup that's playing at such a relentless way um, as a team. You know, if you throw him into the mix, maybe after an hour, if the game's level, then he's the kind of guy that can break the game out and make a huge difference. So, yeah, I I, I'm, I really do like the look of Newcastle this weekend. And, and you know, it, everything's price related, obviously. Um but this, yeah, and this price just looks big. You know, it's not every week I'll be back in Newcastle, but at the moment, I don't think the market's caught up with how quickly Newcastle have progressed this season. Right. You know, we had it, we had it last week. We 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 backed Newcastle. They were minus one oh seven away at Southampton, and you know, I read out some figures for Southampton earlier, like when we're talking about them at, at Liverpool. They're 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 relegation kind of figures as well, and the market still priced Newcastle up at near even money, the plus one hundred. I don't think they, I don't think it's caught up yet. I think I, you know, there, there needs to be a bit more respect put on Newcastle's name and price. You know, if they're pricing them pretty much level with Chelsea in the top four market, then you know why why are you suggesting that if this was a neutral venue, Newcastle would be outsiders against Chelsea? It should be a pick'em if you think that they're you know they're at the same kind of level in the top four race. So um, yeah, I, I I think this is this is probably going to be my bet of the weekend. As I said, I'm I'm really confident that Newcastle will get will get something done. I think Chelsea are there for the taking. Brilliant. Uh, hey, I won't argue with any of that. I'm just making a small play on the other side and I'm plugging my nose. And it, it, <laughs> it's it's more about context and feel more so. Uh, all your points are well taken. Uh, let's move on to the Molyneux 19th place Wolves. Faces top of the table Arsenal this weekend. Wolves coming up a 3-2 loss to Brighton. Semedo was sent off, and it was a Pascal Gross uh, late winner for Brighton in that game. Wolves, if you're going to look at things, glass half full. They have actually scored three goals in the last two games. Seems a big number considering they've eight goals scored in the season. Lopetegui's coming in, Steve Davis. This is his final game in charge. Um, but they are two, two, and three at home this season. Diego Costa, Nelson Semedo, both suspended for this game for Wolves. Uh, Arsenal coming off that one nil victory over Chelsea, five, one, and one away from home, 16 points. It's four points better than any other side in the Premier League in terms of their away travels. They've gone under the number of two and a half or under the total of two and a half in seven of nine, being the first to score in nine of 10. Uh, Tommy Asu, the, Jap- the Japanese international, looks like he's out this weekend. Uh, you can keep tracking that and see where things end up. But with Zinchenko back in the team and Ben White, uh, I mean, Arsenal are nearly fully fit. I should mention Emil Smith-Rowe remains out for the Gunners as well. Head-to-head Wolves, no clean sheet in their last 16 games. 16 games against Arsenal. Remember Wolves, their DNA was defending? Well, apparently not against Arsenal. Both teams have scored in 6 of 8 as well. In this game last year, 1-0, Arsenal won that game. Gabriel scored the winner of that game. Gabriel scored the winner last weekend against Chelsea as well. Plus 552 for a home win, plus 337 for the draw, minus 180 for an away Arsenal win. The total is set at 2.75 for this game. Uh, What do you make of this line, Arsenal? Rightfully so, clear favorites. I'm not sure what the new manager kind of not really being in matters <laughs> at all, if it does for this game. Uh, what do you make of this, Jake? Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's... I I think we should just probably take Wolves as they have been. I don't think the new manager announcement is going to make much of a difference. He's not there. He's not going to be training them. I mean, if he is training them, it's going to be over Zoom. And, you know, how how, how are they going to take that on board? I'm not too sure. Um, so, yeah, I... I just think that I'm going to go with my same kind of 
tried and trusted me uh, trusted method uh, of of just leaning towards the low scoring game whenever Arsenal play away from home. Um, yeah, the unders is a little bit short for me, so I've, I've looked at a little bit elsewhere and gone with the both teams to score no, which is at minus one hundred three. So you're nearly getting you know yeah. um, the the one hundred line there. I I just think that this is going to be a game where Wolves really really toothless in attack, really struggling to score. I know they scored a couple last week. I don't think Arsenal will give up that many chances. Um, they are the best defensive team when travelling in the Premier League. They're the only team in the league that's allowing less than one expected goal against per game when away from home. Um, and, you know, they, they are, for want of a better phrase, they're, they're boxing smart this season when they play away from home. They're not blowing the game wide open and trying to outscore teams. They are, you know, 1-0 to the Arsenal is, is basically what they're trying to do. They're trying to go to places that make, make it really difficult for opposition to create chances. And if they nick a goal and win 1-0, great. If it finishes in a draw, as it at Southampton, you know, it's it's not the worst result in the world. So um, I, I think this is going to be a very controlled performance. Um, you know, Wolves, they've been poor this season. Um, there's no getting away from that. They're a little bit unfortunate to be so low in the table, um, 12th on the expected goals table. But it's just been purely down to you know the fact that they've massively underscored. I think they've only scored 0.5 goals per game. Their XG is at 1.15 per game. So you extrapolate that over 14 games. You, you, you know, they should have probably scored about 10 more than what um, than what they actually have. And and I don't see that changing given the, the attacking options that they have up there. I mean, Jimenez has barely played a game. Costa's out injured, as you said. Um, and all of a sudden, you're scraping around the barrel to try and find someone who's going to put the ball in the net. So... Um, yeah, I just I just thought both teams to score no is a safe bet. I wouldn't be surprised if this finished nil nil, which is probably the reason why I'm not going for an Arsenal win to nil. Yeah. Um, and I just thought that the price is good enough to to not need that extra bit of risk. And you know, if Arsenal if Wolves do cause an upset and win one nil, then you're covered there as well. No bet for me. Not not touching this. Um, nothing against Arsenal. They 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 continue to defy my expectations. Their their game model's excellent. Going to Wolves again. I'm not sure what that Lopetegui, you know, whether he's at a say. It. I just, I'm just not sure about this game. To be honest with you, no number in this game jumps off the table for me. I was leaning to the under with the total set at two point seven five. But again, we've seen Wolves at home. What like ship four to Leicester City? Like I just, I don't have a proper read on them. I'm not sure what they are. I'm not sure what they're going to become. I think I know what Arsenal is, but then again, they went to St. Mary's and, and, and drew Southampton. So this is a no bet for me in this game. I just, in my mind, sometimes things just even out and just the thought of Arsenal being top of the table with a win this weekend, heading into the world cup, it just doesn't commute. Right. So I'm like, something has to happen. Maybe this game ends in a draw and city goes on and wins. So they're top of the table. It's just, that's kind of how life works in the Premier league. So I'm just not convinced Jake. So I'm just going to stay away. Yeah, I don't blame you. Um, I was wrestling with that that both teams to score no, and then and then I saw the price, and I just saw that that for me is a little bit too big. So again, playing the price rather than the actual um, selection, I think it should be a, a lot shorter than what we're currently getting, just purely based on what Wolves have done. One of two games on Sunday in the Premier League from Craven Cottage. It's eighth place Fulham taking on fifth place Manchester United. The Cottagers were a bunch of cowards last weekend, up a man, <laughs> just completely parked the bus against Man City, ended up losing an Erling Holland 90 plus five penalty. Their XG, they're up a man, just 0.9 in that game. Come on, Fulham. This is a side that's been brave all season long. I'm not sure what happened to Marco Silva's side in that team because they've gone over the total of two and a half and eight of nine. Both teams, the scores come through seven of nine. 
They are undefeated in their last three games at home. However, they have the worst expected goals against in the Premier League, and that also includes the worst expected goals against at home. Reed and Tete both suspended, both interesting players, kind of character guys for this Fulham side. Mitrovic, ankle problem. You know, he's got to be fit for Serbia in the World Cup. Not sure if he'll play this weekend. I'm not sure if, Jake, you've seen anything more recent, but it seems like it's just about 50-50 at this moment. United coming off a 3-1 loss to Aston Villa, but honestly, a little bit of a trap game, if if, if we can actually call it that. Unai Emery's first game in charge. It, big game at, at, at Real Sociedad in the Europa League on the Thursday as well. They went nine games undefeated before that. Uh, and they went seven games without conceding a goal from open play as well. They are, however, this is what Jake continues to point to, 11th in the Premier League in terms of expected goals. And their play in the attacking third was absolutely abysmal against Villa last weekend. They do, however, have the six best expected goals against. They've gone under the total of two and a half in six of eight. Diego Dallo is suspended. Not sure what that means for the right back position because he's played Every game for Manchester United played well. Fernandez is back, however. Anthony's 50 50 again, called into the Brazil side. Will he play? And Jaden Sancho is on a milk carton somewhere. Where is this guy? He was sick, <laughs> like he's missing in action. Uh, head to head, United no losses in 14 against Fulham. And Fulham haven't had a clean sheet over those 14 games as well. Both teams to score is coming at five of six. Plus 296 for a home win, plus 302 for a draw, minus 109. United, the favorites away from home. What do you make of this one, Jake? Um, I'm I'm happy to to little have a little play on Man United to win the game. Uh minus 109. Um yeah, I, I, you mentioned it there. Fulham's defense is the worst in the league based on expected goals, and yeah, they are. They, their attack is a strength. They are. They do create a lot of good chances, but in my mind, it's it's a strength versus a strength. Fulham's attack is good. Manchester United's defense is equally good, probably better. And then on the other side of the pitch, Fulham's defense is a big weakness, and Manchester United's attack is kind of middle of the road. I won't say it's a strength, but it's above average um, when they want to get when they when they want to be. So I, I I just think that all equates to you know a, a, a narrow Manchester United win. Uh, the defense for United's been it's been excellent. I mean, 0.77 non-penalty expected goals conceded in the last six matches since the derby. They played Newcastle, Spurs, Chelsea, and West Ham in that in that time. So it's not like they've had a you know played the likes of Bournemouth and Southampton. You know, they played some good teams in there, um, and yeah, Fulham they they'll create chances, they'll cause problems. Mitrovic, if he plays, they'll be an absolute handful. But their defence is a bit of a shambles. I mean, they're over two expected goals against per game overall. At home, it's at 1.92 expected goals against per game. So they're, they're in that almost as um, as gettable at home. Probably in this game, I'd imagine to be even more gettable because they'll they'll fancy the chances of causing a bit of an upset at home with the crowd. Um, but yeah, I, I just think the overall outcome of the game is is that. United's defense is going to stifle Fulham's attack, and United's attack will do just enough to win the game. So I've gone, I've gone for a United win. I'm with you. Minus 109. I'm taking that to the bank. That is a full play for me. United to win away. Um, bounce back performance. I know they play Carabao Cup on Thursday. I, I'm fully expected this game is Sunday. Uh, they're used to it by now that United go into the winter break on a on, on a heater. No Metro, no party for Fulham. Honestly. 
just without him leading the line, it just does the attack simply doesn't look the same. Two key players suspended. Uh, give me United in this game for an outright win. Uh, let's move on to rapid fire. Uh, a good one. I'm surprised this isn't even our top five. Fourth place Spurs against 12th place Leeds United. Spurs are struggling. They've lost four games now in the season against good teams. Liverpool, Newcastle, United, and Arsenal. They've drawn Chelsea and West Ham. So they've typically beaten the, the smaller, you know, the smaller size. Looks like Richarlison's back, although Harry Kane is exhausted. Wh- whatever that means, Jake. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means um, oh, for both club the and country inter- right now. The entire nation was watching, waiting for the team lineups last night to see Harry Kane playing in a Carabao Cup game at Nottingham Forest. It's like, come on, just give the lad a rest. No kidding. Uh, but apparently there's no other player that can play that role. I understand no, Son's no. out and Romero's <laughs> out, but come on. Uh, there needs to be some kind of rotation. But Antonio Conte, too stubborn, playing a tired player. Leeds, 4-3 win over Bournemouth. Somerville, back-to-back winners for Jesse Marsh's side as well. They haven't had a clean sheet in seven. Patrick Bamford's 50-50. Um, I, like, I actually have a play with the handicap here and the total. Uh, this is Ooh. kind of my favorite game of the week. Do you have a play here? Uh, I have a, I have a play, yeah. Um, I, I don't think I'm going to be as adventurous as what you are by the sounds of it. I'll let you go uh, well, first. Go on. Okay, I'm going to go over the total of three at plus 105. Plus number over three leads can concede as many as they can score. I like their attacking processes. They've been good that way, but they continue to concede bad goals. Spurs at home means they'll at least score a goal in this game. But I think Leeds can keep this close, keep this very competitive. Spurs are not convinced. I've been on the anti-Spurs bandwagon. I think it's a party of one, but more people are asking now to come on. (laughs) This team just isn't that good. They're not that deep. They're just not. Uh, Give me Leeds with the handicap of plus 0.75. So if they end up losing by a goal, it's a half win. Give me that at plus one ten. I'm fine with that. I think that this game is a goal one way or the other, or one way or the other. And Leeds, they're full of confidence right now. The young players are playing really well, showing something. They're a lively team, and I feel like these are kind of the sides that Spurs struggle against. Teams with plenty of legs, because really, Spurs doesn't have much of that in that capacity. So give me Leeds with a handicap as well. No complaints really there from me. Um, I've got both teams to score, and it's a very it's a shortish Fine. price at minus one forty seven. Um, I just think it's a it's you know probably the most likely thing to happen this weekend is that the these two teams score because you know Spurs they've they've kept four clean sheets in fourteen league games this season. I mean, how un Antonio Conte is that? Yeah. Um, you know, injuries in attack have obviously hurt them in terms of the results. They've probably dropped points because of um of players being out injured. And if you're right and Richarlison is gonna play, I, I think that's a a massive plus for Spurs. Um and also Dejan Kulusevsky is probably gonna start this game. He came off the bench against Liverpool some more minutes in midweek. So I think that having having three up front for a start will help with the both teams to score in the overs line. Um, you know, we're not going to see that horrible three holding midfielders and two strikers <laughs> like last week. Um, but yeah, at home, they've been very good, Spurs. Um, the 2.1 expected goals, four per game, one expected goal against per game this season. They've actually won the XG battle in all seven home matches this season. Um, but as I, as I mentioned right at the very start, they've kept just four clean sheets in 14 games. And, and Leeds, I mean, they've been a good team to watch the last three matches. 15 goals scored in three games. Um, chances at both ends have been, 
you know even more pre- prevalent than than usual away from home their averages are, are really really good for a high scoring game 1.5 expected goals for per game 1.8 expected goals against per game so um they they play on an open open style when playing away from home and i think they probably even open up more when they're playing against the big boys because i feel like the the Jesse Marsh he likes that kind of controlled chaos uh, he likes it to yes. be completely end to end, but there's almost method to the madness. They're not like the Bielsa team that are just chaos for chaos sakes and see what happens. It seems like there's a little bit more um, systematic stuff that happens within the chaos for for Leeds and Jesse Marsh. So they actually want an open game, um, and and I think that they, I think they'll score, maybe score a couple. Um, so yeah, I just thought both teams to score at minus one forty seven is just it's just. It's the, the obvious bet of the weekend for me. And I wouldn't say it's my favorite bet or mm. my best bet, but it's the most obvious bet, I think. I think Merch is a good coach. I really do think he's a good manager. It's 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 a step up for him in the Premier League, but I think he's smart and he knows how to get the best out of his team. Uh West Ham and Leicester City, 15th versus 14th in the table. West Ham coming off a 2-1 loss to Palace. Although they do have the seventh best expected goal differential in the Premier League, according to Info Goal, Leicester City. I I said this to you a couple of weeks ago. I think that this team's better than what we've seen, and they're starting to show it. A two nil victory over Everton. Harvey Barnes has no score goals in three of his last four games. Three ones in four, and points in four of five for Leicester City, including over the course of the span back to back wins away from home as well. Do they pull it off again, Brendan Rodgers' side? making the trip to London to face David Moyes' side, who, for me, just simply aren't punching their weight right now? Um, I mean, they could. I won't be backing them. I've, I've got no bet in this. Um, yeah, I, I'm still not sold on Leicester. I know the results have been good, but the performances and the underlying numbers have still not not come around to the kind of levels I would expect. Um, fortunate to beat Leeds, fortunate to beat Wolves. Last weekend's victory at Everton, it, it looked more dominant than it was. It was another absolute worldie from Tielemans that kind of put them in a really prominent position. And that is not going to happen every single week. Um, I don't fully trust them, is what I'm saying. I don't trust the results are, are reflecting how good they actually are. Uh, West Ham, they, they were really disappointing against Crystal Palace. I thought they were OK against Manchester United. It's a good Manchester United team, a good de- Manchester United defence um, that... that kind of stifled them a little bit. But against Crystal Palace, they just didn't turn up in attack whatsoever. So I'm expecting some sort of reaction from West Ham. Um, I, I was leaning towards West Ham to win the game, but I'm I'm happy to just sit on the fence and just, just watch this one. I've got enough bets elsewhere. Well, this is my best bet. This is my favourite bet of the week. We, uh, bet of the week. Go on West Ham, go on and win this game. Give me the better side with the plus number. This is my methodology right here. Plus 111 for a West Ham win. Give me that. They haven't lost to Leicester in their last four. Leicester City haven't had a clean sheet against West Ham in their last 11 games. This West Ham side, Jaron Bowen should be pissed off. He's not going to the World Cup. Hasn't played good enough. A lot of the players have something to prove here. But the game model, the processes are decent and they're more consistent than what we see from Leicester City. And now that James Madison's going to the World Cup, he's been outstanding over the course of the last month. Just take it easy this weekend. West Ham, <laughs> home, win, plus 111. My favorite bet of the weekend. Yeah, that, uh, I said that's, that was the way I was going to lean. So, um, yeah, no no arguments. Uh, let's crush through these last three games. I think I have one more play. Uh, Bournemouth, 17th place, taking on 16th place Everton. Perhaps Gary O'Neill's final game in charge of Bournemouth. 
They have a 3.4 less XG than anyone else in the Premier League. However, they've won two of their seven games at home, picked up four of points in four of them. Chris Meppham suspended for this weekend. Uh, Everton, an ugly 2-0 loss to Leicester. They're out of the cup as well. One win in their last seven in all competitions. I'm making a draw-no-bet play here with Everton because they need this win. I think they're a better side than Bournemouth. So give me that draw-no-bet at minus 112. I'm not sure if you have a play in this one. Yeah, I've, I've spotted a market on Pinnacle, and um, it's, it's going to be a first on, on, on the EPL Insights. Um, wow. I'm actually going in the bookings market. Uh, over four and a half bookings at plus one eleven in the Bournemouth Everton game. Um, I, I as soon as I saw the market, I thought, "Oh, these are potentially two tasty teams for this bet." Uh, who's the referee? Check the referee, Craig Pawson, who's averaged four point <laughs> four cards per game in the Premier League this season, which is a really nice line. It's a good, good refereeing appointment. Um, Everton averaging two point four cards per game away from home. Bournemouth at one point five seven, a little bit lower. But interestingly, Everton when they play away from home, they actually their opponents have received 2.3 cards per game. So um, based on trends and Everton's away uh, card averages, the the line of four and a half looks big. Add in the fact that this is, um, you know, potentially a relegation six points to come the end of the season, given the way uh, where these teams are right now. Um, and I think, I think it could get a little bit feisty. You've convinced me. I, I love this play. <laughs> Go on bookings in the over. Yeah, uh, plus one eleven. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it, it look, Bournemouth is frustrating to play against. Everton <laughs> is a frustrating physical side. Um, could very well happen. Uh, let's see. Uh, Forest and Palace, twentieth in the table, taking on the tenth place team. Forest coming up a two-two draw with Brentford. Palace a two-one win over West Ham. Uh, anything here? I've already stated. I simply don't bet games featuring Nottingham Forest. <laughs> are, are you following my lead here? I'm following your lead this week, yeah. Um, needed a 96-minute equaliser to rescue me last week. and not be doing that again. No bet. Uh, and they're actually a decent side at home. Two wins, two draws in the last four at home, but they're not a good side. So I'm just going to stay away from that one. And the final game of the weekend, it goes on Sunday. I actually do have a small play here. Sixth place, Brighton taking on 13th place, Aston Villa, Unai Emery Magic. Does it continue this weekend? Brighton, a 3-2 win over Wolves. By the way, the, another Japanese international, Matoma, really good player. Good player. He scored goals in back-to-back games, including the cup competition. By the way, just on Brighton, the best expected goals against at home in the Premier League, 4.4 expected goals against in six games. That's why, for me, a Brighton win at minus 112, that's my play in this game. Just a half play here, but I'm definitely betting Brighton. They're a sweetheart. They've been kind to me all season long. They're watchable. They're a very good team. Yep, snap. Uh, I've got the same bet down. I think I think the price is a little bit bigger than I expected just purely because of the new manager bounce, which is actually not a real thing. Um, but yeah, they, they Brighton, I mean, wow. Their, their underlying process is really, really solid. Um They've found a consistency as well, which I'm impressed with. They've actually hit over two expected goals in seven of the last nine Premier League matches. So they're consistently creating those good chances and we're starting to see them take them, which is um, even more impressive. And, and you know, they, only Arsenal, Manchester City and Newcastle have got a better home process than, than what Brighton have. Um, and Aston Villa, you know, they, they they beat Manchester United last week. I didn't, I think it was a great performance. You know, they... No. they 0.4 expected goals is what they created. They scored three three times. They're a little bit fortunate 
um, based on the quality of chances created, they actually only had a 22% chance of winning the match. So not the best performance. I think Man United were at 27%. So a draw was obviously the the biggest um, oh, the biggest percentage chance of, of result. And they've been really bad travellers this season. <laughs> That's really bad. You know, not just the results, but the process has been shocking. Um, they obviously play on Thursday as well. I don't know if that's a, you know something that but will Luna Emery want to play some of his first teamers again to get them used to systems? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, but they play on Thursday as opposed to Brighton who played Wednesday. Um, yeah, I just think Brighton are by far and away the better team here. And, um, uh, you know, I just think that they're, they're, I'm happy to ride with them. I think they're the finer consistency now. So, Give me Brighton uh, at that price. I would expect them to be a little bit shorter in this matchup. Uh, let's just hope that Emery doesn't ruin my week back-to-back weeks. Villa away from home. <laughs> no wins in seven. Three goals scored. 15 against. They've been awful in their travels this season. So give me a Brighton win to pull it, put a bow on it. Anything else, Jake? No, that's it. Just, just best bet. Newcastle to beat Chelsea for me. Um, I think that number plus plus one three nine is too big, so I'll be taking that. And West Ham to beat Leicester City for me. Uh, Premier League predictions articles each and every week are up at Pinnacle.com, plus a ton of World Cup previewing uh, preview content as well. Andrew Beasley, uh, who joins us for the uh, Champions League betting blueprint, has been doing some incredible work. Make sure you check that out as well. And a team preview for each and every nation uh, at this falls. How weird is that, Sam? This autumn's uh, World Cup. Uh, next week, that Champions League betting blueprint will return. Follow Pinnacle on Twitter, at Pinnacle, and at Pinnacle Sports on YouTube. Myself, at Gareth Wheeler, at Jake Oz, with two Zs on Twitter for Jake. Odds correct, or are correct at the time of recording, and as always, please gamble responsibly. Enjoy this last weekend, then you get a little bit of a vacation, not only from the Premier League, but from me as well. One's going to be much more difficult <laughs> oh, to cope with than the other. Oh, I'm going to miss you, don't worry. <laughs> just as much as Premier League football. Yeah. On that note, thanks for tuning in this week. This has been EPL Insights powered by data provided by InfoGold.